This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nichol. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Lap. Oh, yeah. Yes. Songs in the Key of Lap in Series songs. 3. Episode 6. Episode 6. It is, yes, it yeah, is. That's uh, David Timms. And that's Phil Nichols. And you're listening to Songs in the Key of Lap. We just, you've just, in, why did I even say it? You had the intro. You knew, <laughs> you knew that's what you, you've actually even pressed it on your phone or whatever device you're listening to it for on. For some reason, you keep on coming back to you us. You keep coming so. back. And thanks for coming back. Um, if you were here last week, you would have heard the wonderful Tim Vine. Wow. I mean, I love him. Uh, uh, funny, funny guy. And it's... not just a one-line merchant. Like, no, he's so much more than just a one-line He's so much more guy, than that. Yeah. And such a bright, bright, funny guy. I love that. Phil, Phil, guess yeah. what? What? I'm really excited. Are you? What about? Well, basically, what day is it today? Wednesday. It's Wednesday and it's the 7th of December. Right. And that means that tonight yes. is Cray Cray. It's the Great Cray Cray in the comedy store in Soho. And if you are lucky enough to be listening to this on the Wednesday morning of this show, then please come along to Soho and come and have a listen and watch the show. Yeah, we've got Rachel Paris, we've got Suze Kempner, we've got Sarah Callahan, we've got Larry Dean, and we've got Michael Akadiri. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a doozy. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing comedy and electronica. Going yes. back to things like the Mighty Boosh or uh, Mr. Weeble. You might remember Mr. Weeble. And then moving forward to Manua Chihuahua. Yeah, and a couple more artists. This this really sent me into an absolute spiral going through so many, so many electronica artists that it's a made rich, funny It's songs. a rich, rich scene. We've also got the comedy song contest submission, which is exciting. Got a great one today. Look out for that. And our attempt to write a nativity. Which our, is going very well, Philip. Yes, our it's dictionary. Very well, well I, 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 we're going to have to flesh it out, but I think we've got something here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and then here's a little snippet from our guest you're going to hear later on. But this is Jazzy Mew. And I was just messing around on Logic. I just had this beat and I was trying to do like a Hall & Oates kind mm. of beat, like this kind of driving keys thing. Um, kind of Doobie Brothers vibe as well. Uh, and I just came up with this, this hook. And it was like, a da, 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 da. and I had this kind of vowel shape in my head. And I was like, there's got to be some way of like getting a good phrase out of this. And I just settled on, on DVD logo. And then I was like, I don't know. There's logo, <laughs> And it was just going around in my head and I was singing it over and over. And I was like, oh, there's just only one joke I know about DVD logos. Yeah. which is like you're waiting for it to hit the corner of the screen. 
Phil, I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to this question. Electronica. <laughs> no, but yeah. if, I, if I say the word electronica, what comes into your head? Uh, one pound fish. No, <laughs> no that's only because we're just listening to it. What comes into my head? Yeah. Well, I mean, electronica and comedy. Well, I, I actually think of the electro song by the Mighty Boosh. Uh, with Vince Noir as the as that's that's what I think of. But then I remember because I'm in sort of in the comedy world that before that, pre that, there was this uh, Julian Barrett does this wonderful thing called the Pod, which was like techno saves our lives, and and the Pod did all these really weird. I think they actually went on a couple of late night shows as the Pod and acted like a serious techno band in character uh, in character. Yeah. And you can check out some stuff. There's some interesting. It was Julian Barrett and Tim Hope. And it's like, it's ex- really experimental. And they work with Wayne Shepard, who you might know as Gary Lestrange. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gary Lestrange. And so, so that would be, if, if you were sort of looking into, want to get into the weird and more wonderful electro stuff, go to the Mighty Boosh, obviously. That's hilarious. But then check out this uh, thing by the pod by Julian Barrett and Tim Hope. Too much. Techno music is the single most powerful form of communication that the human mind has ever created. <laughs> transcends all boundaries of class, race, gender. We don't make techno in temples on a mountaintop, we make it in our bedrooms, on the streets, down the shops, it doesn't matter where you are. Computers, samplers, modems, these are more than just tools to us, they transform us, they change our bodies. We've moved beyond the human, we've become gods. I mean that's that's great because that what you've just done there is you've used a clip and you've basically explained electronic music to all of our listeners. But yeah. it wasn't actually the answer to the question I thought you were going to give me. Oh, what was it? Well, you know the song that you sing. I don't know. You must have done it about six or seven times on this podcast previously. <laughs> Damn, have I? Um, no, seriously, an uh, electronica song. Yeah, popcorn. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. Because I mean, I I only mentioned it the first time because I'll repeat it myself. Brian Hart, who was one of the writers and executive producer of the Kids in the Hall in Canada, put lyrics to it. Oh, I really like popcorn, and it's really really yummy. And I put it in my mouth and chew it, and it goes to my stomach. And it's just really. And then when it goes to that popcorn is yummy. Anyway. That's popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Wayne Shepard, though. Wayne Shepard, Gary Lestrange, uh, not only as, is he a friend of mine, but I think one of the most uh, talented songwriters in the modern age of comedy songwriting. Uh, if you haven't researched Gary Lestrange, listeners, go and listen to some Gary Lestrange. It's absolutely wonderful. Wayne didn't, when I believe he told me when he started writing songs, David, that he doesn't, doesn't play any instruments. He he started writing them using samples and things off of the off of the PlayStation. So I think he and and he's now um, composing film scores and stuff. Not still on a PlayStation. I think it, I'm not really sure. I'd, I I would have to ask him. Let's get him on and ask him. Let's let's listen to some Wayne Shepherd, Gary Lestrange. What do you think? Maybe you'd cry if you couldn't make toast. 
is my toaster sentient? Just absolute genius lyrics. And another one to check out is Norman. It's one of my favorite Gary Lestrange songs. But I mean, Electronica from like back then, he had Agadoo, Egg Sausage Chips and Beans, The Crazy Fog. Crazy ch- Frog. Cha Cha Slide Crazy Frog. Crazy, that was a compl- that was like, that was massive when I was at school. You're right. Um, and uh, yes, that is uh, your popcorn. That is, that is, yeah. Ring, ding, 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 But actually, there was, there was another one which brings me quite nicely uh, to into me, this. To me, to you, to me, to you by the Chuckle Brothers, the Tinky Schrader. Oh, the Tinky Schrader. That, that was, yeah, that's, that, that, that was more, oh, rest in peace to, to, to I think it's Barry. Barry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, back in school, yeah. there was another song that was like Crazy Frog that I remember everybody singing. And uh, it was, uh, it went, Badger, 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 Mushroom, Mushroom. Oh, yeah. Badger, 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 yes. badger, so it's a snake. <laughs> right, and that's by Mr. Weeble. Mr. Weeble. Right, and Mr. Weeble, I Love genuinely think he's got so many albums, right? But he's an animator. Yeah. And he has got, yeah, just album upon album of amazing comedy electronica. Yes, 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 yes. He's got to be one of the leading people in this in this genre. Yes, and who is he? He's he's a uh, he was an animator. That's that's all I really know. I think he's he's like he's like forty six, forty seven years old, right. and he yeah he animates badgers. Uh, that's how it started anyway. Wow. Uh, what's the one? Has he got one like I'm a lonely, I'm I'm a lonely Labrador. Oh. Labrador. Fat Labrador. <laughs> Fat Labrador. It's so good. It's an earworm, guys, and it's one of the symbols of a really good comedy song is that it sticks with you and you can't get out of your head, even though I thought it was Lonely Labrador. But now that I've heard it, I'll be singing that all day. Um, it's like it's like the Bloodhound Gang had that one Discovery Channel. Oh, let's do, do it, it like they, they do, do on the Discovery Channel. I mean, channel. all those d- d- Devos, Whip It. I mean, there, there's like all numbers of great electronica songs, but there is also the weird and wonderful little little novelty hit ones I've, I've got one which is which is a real earworm right right um one pound fish yes come we, on ladies come on ladies one that's pound right we, fish. we mentioned it earlier and it made a star of that guy he was actually like a a, a you know a barracker in a in the in the in, in the, the market, the market yeah. yeah yeah he well yeah and um i think uh just like like lots of people with their one hit wonders uh three years three or four years later he was on uh britain's got talent um, I think he got to round two. No, but actually, like he's got a great voice. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe he's still, maybe he's still selling his fish on the market. Well, but it, with the song like that, he would be. With inflation, though, it's got to be more now. It's got to be people go around five pound fish or something like that. People go around there and get them him to sign their fish. Come on, ladies, come on, ladies. We won't be getting that out of our head anytime no. soon. The, the, mo- the modern era is ripe with uh, great 
electronica artists like uh, the mo- like right now there's Manya Chihuahua. Oh, he's have, so have, good. Have you have you been if you haven't heard Manya Chihuahua? I'm sure everyone's heard, uh, but he's got this prosh drill character called Unknown P, which is absolutely <laughs> hysterical. And, he's, and he thing is he does great satire. And he satirizes politics, and he's on it, and he's writing so much. He, this guy delivers so much material. If you haven't heard Manuel Chihuahua yet, um, go and check that out, because that's great. He also, he writes it so quickly. Something can happen in the news. Like, he did a song about uh, Matt Hancock, Yeah. right? This is after he was caught on camera kissing, yeah. kiss, kissing the lady. Yeah. Um, and literally the next day... It's like he had. It's like he had. He had prior knowledge to this happening. Yes. The next day, he comes out with with a hit, and it's already got a million views. Yeah. Well, that's uh, he's. You know, I mean, he's already he's already famous. He's on task Taskmaster and all these things. But I I reckon uh, just ch- as a musical uh, electronica comedy artist, he is the bomb. There's one more artist I really want to mention uh, with Electronica, and it's because you can see this guy's process, which is really, I, I, I find it fascinating to watch. His name is The Kiffness, and uh, that, that is actually the name of, his, uh, name of his original band, and they used to do lots of uh, funny kind of songs and parodies. From Cape Town, his name is Dave Scott, and during lockdown, uh, he took to social media and just started churning out song after song after song um all based on memes so he would find a meme somewhere and like which could be like you know a cat uh meowing but then he would put uh he'd put a beat underneath it and he would then uh he'd make some lyrics up he'd then harmonize over the top he plays the trumpet he used to sing in in a boy's choir when he was younger so he's he's got all of the skills and he puts all of this stuff together he also um uh there's there's my, one of my favorite ones is a coca-cola seller on the beach and this guy is sell, selling coca-cola and he kind of sings it as he does right. and then the kiffness has just taken it and made it into an absolute banger ooh So this week, obviously, it's going to be a bit different because we're talking about electronica and normally we'll play play in some tunes here, right? So last week, in preparation for this, yes. Phil, yes. I asked you yes. if you would spend, you know, half an hour or something of your time yep. just to come up with a really, yep. really silly, Absolutely. stupid little bit of electronica. Nail, I nailed it. Really? Yep. It's called Boom Boom. Okay. Fuck, 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 fuck
You're a dickhead. Why? Because you did not do that. You did not do that in like in half an hour at home. You, that, that is well, record, That's from your back catalogue and you know it. Well. You're such a dick. Yeah, that was that was actually a song I wrote with a band called Muscle. But this is with, not fair. And, and my friend Ray, Ray Love Rock and yeah, I. Yeah, but you have to hear what I've written. Jonathan it's... Morbin, we banged that out. Oh. It's really good though. Do you like it? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I've written a song called Stand By Bees. <laughs> Stand By Bees. <laughs> I thought I'd bring it back. So. That's a little, very similar to mine. <laughs> it starts with a beat. And then a little marimba. Yeah, because every good electronica song has got a marimba. Can we just listen to it, please? No. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Just wait. My name's David, and I'm an electronic artist. My name's David, and I'm an electronic artist. I really like it. Electronic 
Well, I think they're very comparable, <laughs> yours and mine. And genuinely, it took me like 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, you're, my, you're, my, yeah. Mine took a, about 15. Comedy song competition. Contest. It's a competition. Uh, <laughs> it's we've a had so many new entries this week, yes. which is so exciting. Uh-huh. Yes. Keep them coming in. Please do. If you write comedy songs, submit them to songs of the key of laugh at gmail.com and check out songs of the key of laugh.com for all the details. Um, this week, we've got one that has made me laugh a lot. Yes. It's puerile, but it's great. It's <laughs> by Bennett Kavanagh. It's Electronica. And it's called... No, don't give it away. Oh, yeah. This is a song song about date, 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 that a dude would send a picture of their dicture, not me. I show her in an interesting way that I'm an interesting guy with lots of hobbies. But I also want to show her that I have a penis, and that is why I always send a dick jigsaw. I send a dick jigsaw. So she knows that I'm open to fun activities As long as those activities revolve around my penis I send a dick jigsaw I send a dick jigsaw So she sees my knob plus has something to do On Sunday afternoon rock With a jigsaw it is also true You can see my balls Plus also improve your IQ and brain Yes, I'm insane But at least I'm more intelligent And I've also got a boner It's also useful for your GP If you have a problem for the doctor to see Instead of showing them a boring photo You could bring a box Then unpack the pieces and say I've had discomfort for days And it's a 3 out of 10 in terms of pain And when they ask you to pop up on the table You say Actually, I've got a photo in jigsaw form They say Well, I've been a doctor for a while and this is highly unusual and you say shut up and start at the corners yes it's really awkward and you make it much more awkward by giving minimal clues as they solve a jigsaw of your dick over the course of the next 20 minutes you've booked a double appointment so you're gonna be here for as long as it takes you've asked the lady who's coming in next and she doesn't mind because you killed her look at my dick look at my dick look at my dick look at my dick hypothetically that's what you would look at my dick jigsaw Look at my dick jigsaw Yeah, they're personalised and I order them online Which is why I'm banned from funkypigeon.com Look at my dick jigsaw Look at my dick jigsaw And if you want more, baby, I'll give you more, baby Next week I'll send you an Etch-A-Sketch of my ass. An etch a sketch of my eyes.
the nativity part six uh, part six dave and i have been writing a nativity that we hope to get out by christmas it's a dictionary musical where you open the dictionary put your finger down and whatever word it lands on you use as the one of the themes of the song but we don't have a dictionary as you know we're using dave's uh, tuning piano tuning book so i'm going to open the piano tuning book put my finger down and on a word and the word is knowledge Knowledge. 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 That's a good word. Okay. Knowledge. So we've just had the uh, No Room at the Inn uh, song. And so now I'm guessing that they're all around around that manger. Mm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. It's a quiet night here in the manger. My wife's asleep beside me I don't think she's in danger Got a feeling that the baby is coming Got the feeling that the baby is ready I'm gonna have him come out to me If it's the last thing that I do I'm gonna have a baby Baby, 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 gotta, gotta have my baby You say it's God's son, I say that it's mine We're gonna see what the little guy looks like The angel told us he's gonna be the, the son of God He's gonna come out of Mary's gonna make that, oh, that little son Sorry, Mary, didn't mean to wake you up. But Mo Joseph, it was a little scary. Oh, 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 God. it's coming, Joe. Oh, no, oh, no, I'm, she's gonna blow. Mary gave birth to a child. His name was Jesus. I didn't use the word knowledge in that improv. No, no, you didn't. But we, but we do we do rewrite these um, towards the end when we put it all together. So yeah. we'll do it then. We'll, we'll put the word knowledge in. We will. Now yeah. we have the knowledge. Now we've got the knowledge. Do you write comedy songs? You want to enter the comedy song contest? Well, do it. Go to songsthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com or songsthekeyoflaugh.com to check out the details. You have a chance of winning 200 pounds or 50 pounds for the runners-up at Songs the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Contest. Do it today! <laughs> I think that's probably one of the more wacky adverts we've got for the comedy song competition, <laughs> that one, Phil. Um, so... We have got to the point in the show where we bring on our amazing guest. Ah, yes, our interview this week, and what a joy it was. Um, a relatively newcomer to the scene, but I think a very exciting talent. Um, his name is Archie Henderson, but he goes by the alias Jazz, Jazz Emu. Emu. The guest on today's show. Yes. 
It's the jazz emu. The emu has landed. Hey. That was that was oh, my okay. I, I, it's the only thing I've ever written for this show. <laughs> <laughs> the emu has landed. It killed. It killed. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you. Did it work it, for you, it Archie? Felt good for me, yeah. This is Archie Henderson, everybody, um, who Hello. is AKA the jazz emu. Now, uh, this 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 is a really interesting uh, interview for us because um, we came across the jazz emu. Well, like, actually, we all came across you in different ways because um, James mentioned James has been up at the Edinburgh Festival and mm-hmm. one of our uh, Comedy song contest uh, uh, submitters and, and, and runner-up uh, Eddie Hurst had mentioned that you must be seen. You must know Eddie. Yeah. And uh, but I'd also I'm a, I'm a I'm a TikTok fan, so I've actually been following stuff on TikTok. And one of the threads of our new series, this new series, uh, series three, is that we were going to try and shine a light on people in TikTok who. Or sort of were who you might not have heard of, or or might they'd only be heard of by the TikTok generation, not just the musical comedy scene. So I kind of already had you on a list of things that people I thought we should talk to. So it's worked out really well to have you here. Thanks for joining us, Archie. I'm blushing. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's really nice because it's really funny. Um, part of being the thing that we'd like to talk to you about is you seem to have almost come out of nowhere. Not in the sense that uh, or. That almost seems a little bit rude, actually. Now that I've said it, because you, I haven't, I hadn't really um, heard much of you before that. And obviously, I've been on the comedy scene for a while and had done comedy music mm-hmm. for a while. And it's exciting when someone comes out of nowhere um, because you haven't gone through the normal routes, the, mm. pa- the path to the success that other people have had. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about how how you got into that? What's your background and how did, how did you get started? Yeah, for sure. I uh, I guess it. It feels like I've come out of nowhere, yeah, yes. <laughs> but actually I've been like uh, going away. behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did do I did do stand up the stand up circuit for a while yeah. uh, in London. I did maybe four or five years of going da- going around doing uh, open micy things with a kind of musical act. Right. Uh, but it was more stand. It was very different to what I'm doing now, which is the kind of charactery stuff with yeah. high production value songs and all this kind of thing. Mm. It was more. Um, I guess like stings and jingles and quite um, fast paced back and forth stand up stuff. So yeah. that's, uh, I did that. Um, and previous to that, I'd done loads of sketch stuff um, yeah. at university and, and after that a bit and had always been forcing my friends to sing songs <laughs> with me in those. Right. So where did, <laughs> where did you go to university? What, what university? I was at Cambridge. At Cambridge yes. University. So you were your footlight? Were your foot I was lights? a footlight. Foot yes. Light. And so, what, what did you study there? I did classics. Amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so just your classic villain, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So that's that's so that's exactly why I thought it was a bit rude, showing showing my my ignorance, um, because obviously the uh, Footlights has turned out so many great performers and so many great acts over the years um, that it, they're actually. I remember it was some, when I my fir- one of my first solo years in Edinburgh, which would be like 1996. I was on before the Footlights, the Cambridge Footlights, mm-hmm. and two of them have gone up went up, went on to become you know quite well-known performers um it's one of those things that you people kind of take for granted i think almost that they just put a show on every year it's always yeah. great it's always high standard the people are always the, brilliant yeah the crazy thing about being there is that 
they put on a show every two weeks while right. you're there. There's a new, there's a whole new show. You're writing like wow. four or five sketches. Most of them are awful, right. but you know, one of them might be good. And, and yeah. in doing that process, you're learning so much from the people you're writing with. Yeah. Uh, and I was pretty much every time I would try and do a song of some sort, mainly cause I thought, uh, it's something different that I could bring to it. Mm-hmm. I'd always, I'd always love musical comedy anyway. And I, I like playing guitar and, and keys and, uh, it just seemed like a logical thing for me to do. When, when did you start playing uh, music? Do you uh, pianist firstly or a guitarist I, firstly? Uh, I learned um, sax. Um, mainly, I learned sax when I was uh, started when I was about eleven, um, all the way through school, and I did like classical sax. Uh, okay. So, and then I ended up doing uh, a bit of big band, jazz bandy stuff, and then I ended up in some bands just doing like noisy pop and now i have converted it to the ewe which is like the electric sax and it's like a horrible <laughs> robot <laughs> phallus <laughs> vibe going on yeah, yeah but i mean they're, they're amazing instruments yeah. though aren't they yeah they're, um it is I, an incredible instrument yeah i feel like my sax teacher will be shuddering at the thought of me going from classical saxophone <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to this. I, yeah. I, I recently i was at um ronnie scott's and um mm. and courtney pine plays mm. one mm. and i mean and courtney pine's so so good mm. and uh, but it's the one of the first times that i'd um been been to ronnie's and seen one being yeah, played right. there as well i know it, it, it happens often but it's the first time that i'd seen it and i, was like, I oh think my that's goodness. amazing because i assume you know that the, everyone there would slightly like turn their noses up at it that's what i well, thought because well. even when you know i'm doing comedy music and i bring it out and people yeah. are like okay here comes the gimmick like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you're doing it at ronnie scott so, so for people that might not be as know as much about it the <clears throat> ewe the electric <clears throat> saxophone to the real saxophone what are what are what is the basic difference like how is it easier to, is it easier to play or is it just what is it that makes it like why do people turn their nose up at it? I don't know. It's not. It's like not a piano easy to, to play. Like you know, like if you're playing, yeah. if you're a classical pianist, but you just, you yeah, keep... right. It feels like the equivalent, doesn't it? Yeah, a piano to a keyboard. I don't know. I think uh, uh, it's most of the sounds that come out of it are pretty insane. Like they they sound quite funny. I think right. as a bass level, which is why I love using it because right. it's like the, you can go insanely high. It's got so a regular sax obviously has two octaves. This iwi has, I think, it's seven octaves. So you don't, it's not a button on the back. It's like a r- series of rollers that you're like. So you can go from really low sub bass to like horribly screechy high, <laughs> like within two seconds, and you can do these crazy things with it, which yeah. is why I love. It's so fun to play. Yeah, mm. yeah. Obviously, it's a wind instrument. Yeah, but yeah, it's an electric. Yeah, instrument. it's got. So it's How going off work? your breath. I wish I knew. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it does go off your breath, and and you have control over vibrato, like you you can as bite you do down on it. Yeah, yeah, kind of as you would. It feels a little bit odd. Obviously, it's like a rubber, horrible rubber thing in your mouth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically working the same. It feels pretty much the same to play, but you don't have to blow as hard. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. When you first played it, and you just thought, do you think it was like a silly thing, like compared to actually playing classical? saxophone you thought this is just a silly thing or did you think no this is cool i might be able to do something with this i think that my the way that i play music and the way that i write music has just always edged towards silly however i've done it like even when i've tried to write silly music it always just comes out in this same like slightly intense (laughs) um (laughs) like 
electro funky vibe with loads of synths and stuff so to me it, it made loads of sense uh i bought I actually bought it in the first lockdown do you remember uh it was when it was a point when italy was like the hub of covid yeah. mm-hmm. and i got it was like an amazing deal on ebay it's like incredibly cheap but it was coming from like the, the epicenter of the virus oh. in Italy. <laughs> i was like maybe this is why i'm getting such a good deal anyway i bought it and i sanitized it for two days <laughs> it's like mm, a wind instrument is probably the worst thing that you can choose <laughs> and they're just they're desperate to sell them for me to get get rid god we got to get some income to Italy. Yeah, yeah, amazing okay so go just uh, that going back to going back to the Cambridge Footlights for a second because I I'm just, I was just I, I like I mean I'm happy to digress again about uh, to talk about instruments but mm. the 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 process of writing meaning that you write you had to force yourself to write a song a week mm. is quite an intense like as someone that writes comedy songs you tend to wait for the muse or you mm. or you see or you have an idea and then you go oh I'll write a song about that or you get a title for a song mm. and you think, that's just a dumb title um, but if you're being forced to write. And I've had this work even better when you have to write to a to a remit to to, mm-hmm. to go this this show is going to be about this therefore it'd be nice to have a song about yeah, German right. shepherds and yeah. you've got to go oh, okay. okay every uh, joke about German shepherds, shepherds that I know exactly. <laughs> it's like just you're ringing. scraping the barrel after the second one yeah, exactly and you've <laughs> yeah. got to make a whole song out of it yeah. that's like a really important part of the writing process yeah. um, which would explain is that is, does that explain why you have such a like quite quickly formed quite a large uh, number of songs how many albums have you got i've got four albums yeah uh yeah and some of not all of them are strictly like comedy songs i think on them some of them are just things that are, uh like beats that i made that gradually turned into songs and i couldn't re- find something funny to put on them so or i just wanted to put something uh heartfelt in them so there's like a real mix yeah lovely uh Lovely. And usually I front end them with the comedy stuff. So if people stick through it, they get through to the end and they're like, oh, I feel moved by the end. I like, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. like take people by surprise a little bit if they stick it out. Um, yeah, so it's almost like a, it's a, an unintentional crossover. I think a little bit, yeah. It's I loved doing it when I started doing the Jazz Emu character. I, I loved doing it because it was so, it was such a blank slate. Yeah. And there was no... Yeah. expectation from anyone or from me and I was just like well I can kind of just write what I want right, um, right. and it can be whatever I want it to be and because people were um, some people were consuming it through TikTok and yeah. if you just do that you get a really specific view of what I'm doing which is like you know these tiny short things that are like full yes. of jokes and then if you listen to the album I've got longer songs which uh, I've done because I like writing songs and I'm been thinking about the structure and the arrangement and it's an exercise in doing that as well i love just doing it from every angle and and your tiktok stuff is it all self-produced do you do it all on your own yeah yeah so uh yeah pretty much the so the video side if whenever i've done the more high production value videos i work with a friend of mine called hunter hunter allen he's an amazing director yeah um and so we work together on um doing yeah longer form videos if i feel like there's a longer song that i think would be great as a music video i'd bring it to him but yeah all the vertical stuff i'm just doing in my bedroom and <laughs> is, Hunt, is hunter also cambridge uh yeah night? so he directed the show wow, um, great that i was in when i was there yeah, yeah. so that's how we met yeah because just look a quick search on on your website and you realize he i clicked to his and he's got actually quite a lot of a lot a big background of a video 
stuff video direct, directing, directing and, and editing, directing yeah, and, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that yeah he's doing really well he's an amazing um editor yeah and that must be really and that must director. be really freeing as a as a creative so because you can write something thinking you when you get an idea you, you immediately think how is it going to translate to a visual uh, look you know yeah. and what jazz emu looks like what the character oh, it's, looks it's like it's so amazing i honestly don't think without having that collaboration i'm not sure if i would have stuck it out because we did the first i had the first thing i did was write this one song and it was on, i did it on my computer i didn't show it to anyone and we'd been making videos every year and you know year and a half he'd we'd come back and say oh let's just do something for fun yeah and i brought him this thing and i said i'm not really sure what it is it's like feels like a kind of um braggadocious kind of 70s lothario kind of character i'm not sure and he was like oh it's the fun song let's make a video mm-hmm. and that first video we filmed in his apartment uh and it did really well on reddit and that was like i just got this kick of like okay if i just you know if i just keep going with this thing i feel like there is an audience for it somewhere after that it took ages to get anything going with it Really? Was like so that was the original. Ago, that was the the original Jazz Emu. Yeah. But did you even know it was called Jazz Emu at that point, or? I think it was. Yeah, the channel was called, called Jazz, Jazz Emu. Emu. Yeah, it was. Um, but it was it was, uh, that was the first video. Yeah. I think I'd done one cover on it on the channel. Yeah. Of a Drake song before that. Right. Uh, and yeah. that was like six months before, and then it just sat there, and I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. With this. I've started <laughs> yeah. this YouTube channel. I have <laughs> yeah. a vague idea of what I want it to be, but yeah. yeah. So that gave me a real kick. And then we made a bunch of videos. None of them got any views. They just kind of sat on the channel for ages. Right. Um, do people go back and view them now, though? Do they do, do yeah. yeah. There's some, some people do. Uh, it's nice when, you know, having the, the more kind of short form ones bringing in lots of views, basically because the algorithm is only giving views to those kind of videos at the moment. So I'm getting a huge flood of things to the, say a YouTube short, the vertical ones. Mm. And some, it always gets some people trickling down to the old stuff. And that's a really nice feeling because we spent ages on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I, long I, making I've, these videos. Well, I found that true. I've, I've, I've just started to, on TikTok myself because I, I just thought as an older human being, uh, it's just there's no place in it for me. And then I just, I just have given in because I realized you just have to just not be, uh, let, that's a bit of your ego and your f- fear working on it. But the, the videos I put up that are sort of longer form videos that we've actually mm. spent time on mm. don't get half mm. the views of the one that where I just like suddenly do something in the like, yeah. ra- random yeah. and put it on. Or I went back through my old videos from, from when I was in a pantomime, just picked, clipped out two of me in pantomime makeup saying something silly. And those have like thousands yeah, of views yeah. versus it's the mad, ones that you've spent a lot of time doing. What um, mm. kind of content works in which, in which format on which platform it's like they're they're so designed to feel different so like uh say on twitter all anything high production value just just always bombs it yes. doesn't work because people are like i just want to see someone sitting on their toilet talking to their camera and yeah. that's what feels right on that platform because it's like a throwaway kind of thing yes yeah whereas yeah higher production values only feel really feel right on like a landscape Yes, YouTube, YouTube thing. feel you feel like you're watching a TV show or something. Yeah, and something it can, about and, and the keeps you keeps landscape. you gripped. That keeps you gripped. Whereas Twitter, they don't really. You don't. It looks like you're trying too hard if you're trying to keep. For sure. Gripped. Yeah, yeah. That's not funny. Yeah. It's like almost like a reverse psychology, isn't it? Yeah. If you try too hard on Twitter, yeah. they just get rid of you. And I'm like that when I'm scrolling through TikTok. It took me a long time looking at it to figure out what the what the feel of it was, what I what I was, what I wanted to do. Mm. And uh, when that and you came up a lot actually. I don't, and maybe it's because I'm 
a musical comedian. Yeah. I'm, I'm the like Tom saw Cord, you. Tom yeah, Card, you know Tom Card. Tom Card, yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, so yeah. he's one of the people that we, we've, been, we've been trying to get a hold of him for this podcast uh -huh. to try and talk to him because yeah. um, I know that in the Sydney scene, like, you know, he does work, but he's, he's not like... He just he, came out of nowhere. He just came out of nowhere, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just, just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 in it, his basement, brilliant. he's it's so really good. So yeah, good. he's so funny. Um, I'd, I, well, I'd really like to ask about your um, just the production on all of yeah. these tracks. There is, there's a lot of production on them. Yeah. It must take hours and hours and hours, and it must be a complete labor of love as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what? So, are, are you using Logic when you're doing things? What? What? Uh, yeah. What's your background in that kind of producing role? I do. Yeah, I use Logic, um, which I learned at school. When I did music there, I got obsessed with. I would just go in every lunchtime and do Logic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and fortunately, my mates enjoyed doing that too. So we did. So I didn't, you know, have to isolate myself too much. But I isolated I just, myself and just played the piano <laughs> yeah, every lunchtime. Yeah. yeah, yeah see yeah. ya. See ya. Just <laughs> yourself away. Yeah. You were one of the cool ones who was sitting <laughs> on the computer. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But okay. in my head, I was. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah sure. Of course. Yeah. 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 But logic. Logic is. I started learning logic. Uh, over the lockdown because I've rec recorded from when I was young on like four tracks and stuff and mm. I'm, I'm not I'm, I was more for the creative side of it I'm never one to be I'm not a good producer you know it, it, there's nothing I've actually recorded myself that mm. you could really I could really want people to listen to um, but Logic is like another an instrument in itself mm. now it's got so many yeah buttons, so much you can you know you, you don't have to play an instrument to write music yeah if you've got you logic. really don't yeah no i've got friends who are just like penciling in midi notes you know what i mean they don't even you don't even need a keyboard you can yeah. just if you have an understanding of a of a keyboard layout you can just write them in you write it's them like in. you don't need to know theory it's, it's it's awesome doesn't it slightly hurt your soul when you see because <laughs> i i did so i i, 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 yeah, I yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. sorry to hear that um no, <laughs> I, I i teach i teach logic as well so i'm yeah. I, I can teach logic and i can be teaching this to um, to maybe, I don't know, 15-year-old boy who comes in and he's like, look what I've learned, sir. And I'm like, go on, show me. Yeah. And he's there and he's clicking every single note in. And I'm like, you do realise that there's a keyboard here. If you just press <laughs> da, 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 it does it. Yeah, 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 I know that. I know that. But it, I just, I, I don't know what these things mean. Yeah. And it, ah. Oh, it is painful. It is it so is painful, painful. But yeah. it is... It's another. It's a completely new instrument, mm. and yeah, it's 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 still quite. I mean, I use it every single day, um, but it's still completely foreign to me to think that somebody without any musical knowledge necessarily is able yeah. to come out and make something yeah. that is really, really musical. The thing that pains me the most, I get advertised on Instagram in this some sometimes uh, like chord packs or like chord yeah. plugins. Have you seen those? Yeah. Where it's like you don't need to know any music theory yeah. at all. I'll just. Give Give you it'll just keep regurgitating different chord patterns and then you can just plug it into whatever every instrument that really feels like you got to level up one level above that <laughs> like least, so you all, can't just automate every single part of the process yeah, yeah. although although i have I, i've made quite a bit of quite a bit of money out of people who do that mm. and then they call me in to make it live so they will mm. give me the chord patch that they've used yeah, right. and they'll go, now can you make this sound more human? And I'm like, of course can I can. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I leave and I've earned my money for yeah, the day. Yeah. So that, that happens quite often as well. But yeah, it is, it's so, it's, everything is so overproduced that you lose like the human aspect. But your stuff has all of the human aspect in it. It's wonderful. It's, some of it is so Bowie. <laughs> right as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I can tell, yeah. I think uh, uh, there was a, 
cover or two of um, some Bowie songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I but, did a Let's Dance cover a few yes. days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a yeah, few yeah, days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the, the, a lot of what you do is very, is very, um, I don't know what, I don't know which period of Bowie I'm looking at, but it's, 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 it's less, Let's, Let's dance, dance period. It's, is that, yeah. that area. Um, my favorite song that I've heard so far mm-hmm. is You're Still Waiting. Oh, the, nice. The still yeah. Waiting song. I think that is my favorite as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it's a matter that's very true to my heart. <laughs> and I believe that after you, can you please explain this song to, to our listeners um, before they go and listen to it themselves? Yeah, I, um, I actually started, I started this song uh, maybe at the beginning of this year. And I was just messing around on Logic. I just had this beat and I was trying to do like a Hall and Oates kind of beat like this kind of driving keys thing um kind of doobie brothers vibe as well uh and i just came out with this this hook and it was like and i had this kind of vowel shape in my head and i was like there's got to be some way of like getting a good phrase out of this and i just settled on on dvd logo and then i was like i don't know there's and it was just going around in my head and i was singing it over and over and i was like oh there's just only one joke i know about dvd logos which is like you're waiting for it to hit the corner of the screen it's bouncing around the screen it's like uh it's a thing that's been on the office and this kind of thing but i thought like this is a this is a reference people would get and so i just i was like let's go let's go with it it just reminded had this like nostalgic vibe about it to me um because we used to do it, sit there in school as well, just like waiting for the teacher to come in, watching this thing bounce around the screen. Uh, and so I settled on this lyrics like, I'm still waiting for the DVD logo to hit the corner of the TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I kind of ended up being this um, weirdly um, personal song about <laughs> waiting for something. I kind of like wanted to dig into it because I thought that idea of just waiting forever for something is a very like relatable hum- human experience. Yeah. I think you're kind of um, sitting on something. Uh, and I thought, um, you know, really leaning into the emotion of that, but making it about the DVD logo felt funny to me. So I, and then I was like, I just want to create this whole song with a whole arc to it. Um, yeah, uh, it is so it's so good, and the vocal performance as well is is pretty pretty wonderful. I mean, across the board, your your vocals they go oh, they you've got such a range, um, and you, yeah, it stands to see whether I can pull it off live. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. You are using a lot there's of a, deloading of uh, there's a lot of takes. Logic. There's just a lot of takes in that. Yeah, yeah for sure. I found that when I learned when I was learning the logic and one of the things that my friend Richie was teaching me and he was how you can tune tune things and like you know not just auto tune so it mm. just go but actually get in there and, and make it and do stuff with it. Yeah. And I was thinking I really would love to have the time to get in there and do that, but it also makes me it makes me watch a lot of the young artists on TikTok and just go, no, oh, that's got to be tuned. They know what it sounds <laughs> like that, and then you guess yeah. the, the proof is when they actually get live for sure. Yeah, and that's then that's where careers yeah. are going to take be take yeah. off or not take off yeah you know because so i was just listening to jacob collier's got this new album of song improvs it's like piano improvs that he's done and you and you realize oh no he can sing like that yeah, like he can't i mean voice. his, his yeah. voice goes from bored yeah. like and it's yeah it's phenomenal but it'd be easy to think that he's just tuned that on yeah the well so many pop artists 
do, do. live auto tune. Like you don't, you can just put your mic through a yeah. through a pedal that ha- yeah. that does it for you. Yeah, it's really funny. There's like some great clips on YouTube of, um, you know, some the stage managers forgot to change the key <laughs> for their auto tune, <laughs> and so it's like just coming in yeah. and complete. Like you can hear the scale is wrong, and they're starting to freak out. <laughs> yeah, that's like the worst nightmare. I think. Yeah, well, yeah. they kind of deserve it. Yeah, honest. for sure. There are, yeah. Is it, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, that's what do you think about? I mean, this has nothing to do with. I I I'm a, I like people that sing like sing PR who are singers. Hmm. So you know Ella Fitzgerald sang like that, or yeah. Sam Cooke sang like that. And although I've, there's a couple of live like there's a live Sam Cooke album where you realize yeah his voice got was a bit rustier than it is when he when you have time to re- do retakes. He's still singing it live in when he's recording it. And I kind of feel we we've lost that now. It's almost like everything now. All pop recordings, yeah. even, even even the big name pop, even you know the big name pop recordings artists, they still tune them. Although they can they can almost sing like that live, they they, they couldn't let the mistakes, they couldn't mm. leave the mistakes on a recording because it wouldn't they would never get to the point where they could sing live. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's like almost expected in the genre now. Like if you're just someone who doesn't really understand much about music production or anything yeah. but yeah. you're say you're just kind of a lay person receiving pop music yes i feel like most people if now they've been so trained to hear auto-tune that yeah. actually if they hear a say even like a um like a pop, uh, like a pop punk yeah. or something like this yeah. where it's like rocky stuff yeah where your voice can obviously be a bit off pitch because it's more about the tone and like the commitment to the singing. Yeah. They still auto tune it because, because most people are like, Oh, I can just hear that. It's a little bit off. It's like, Oh, that singer's not very good. I feel like this industry wide, it's just been like pushing itself. Yeah. There's also further into this. Yeah. Even though when, when somebody sings it completely and utterly on point, the, the, I think it's a bit of compression that is added when you, put the auto-tune onto it, mm. even if it doesn't really correct the pitch of the note, it makes it then sound mm. like it should sound, like like a finished product. Yeah, right. And without putting that, you know, that little button yeah. onto it, which is so, so sad, yeah. but because it, it takes away a load of the natural as- aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, we've gone from, like, you know, Carl Perkins putting microphones in the four corners of the room and the band playing live off the floor and just tuning themselves so it sounds... They capture the sound perfectly yeah. to to every single note, the length of the note. Mm. You know what you can do with with you know um, Melodyne. You yeah. can just you can just stretch you, it. You can, you, yeah. can, you can move notes even infinitesimally to make yeah. them perfect. And I guess if you were a perfectionist as a producer, you would do that. Yeah, um, I have to stop myself doing that because I'm I'm a real perfectionist, and I like I don't um, I won't like stretch vocals. But I, depending on what kind of song I'll do. If I'm doing a really poppy one, mm. I'll use like a really light auto tune for this exact reason that like without yeah. it, it just feels um, it yeah. feels jarring. It feels like it doesn't fit the genre yeah. because I'm using quite old school vintagey synth yeah. sounds. But yeah. the production itself, because I'm using samples, drum samples that are really modern, yeah. this kind of thing without it, it just feels a bit um, weird. Yeah, it like but also like... it's great though because it means you've actually landed on a on a genre where that actually fits the genre so it doesn't it even if you do go to sing it live and it, you're not you're still going to have back the backing track and those vocals on the backing track probably underneath anyway yeah. so it's going to cover it's, it's yeah. what people do they cover it all up there, there's a clip of um lewis capaldi singing i think he's alive on a radio thing 
and it, and uh, and it, he's got a great voice, and he's an amazing singer. And there's this one bit of it that I've, oh, I don't even know if the, uh, anyone else, I'm not sure if other people hear the thing. I think, oh, oh my God, he's flat. He just went, yeah. just, just, in, yeah, just for yeah. one bit. Yeah. But because he's such a great, because he's such a, such a good singer, you've never, never heard him make that mistake before. And then you realize, ah, oh, it's because everything I've heard up until now has been recording. <laughs> yeah. And so he may, if he sings like a, a track all the way through, yeah, of course, naturally any singer is going to make a, have a couple of little for mistakes. Sure, yeah. And, it adds. I actually think it adds to the, to the the the, 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 the beauty of the voice. So yeah. when you, but, I also think, yeah, live, I would never do it because I think you're just there to see one giving see someone give it their best shot. People, are, uh, uh, when I do it live, they just want to see me commit to it. Yeah, and they're so. I, generally, people are so yeah. forgiving. If I'm a bit pitchy, yeah. people are just like, oh, he looked like he was having fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and are, I, are you a trained singer? No, no, no. I practice a lot all the time walking around in my house. That's right. the only training I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I've got a lot better. I used to be, I used to have a pretty weak voice, like especially my older stuff was like, I would do a lot of falsetto stuff. Yeah. I would do hundreds of takes, not quite hundreds, but like yeah. dozens, dozens of takes. Um, and then about two years ago, I realized I could just belt. If I, there was like part of my voice where I was like, oh, I can really belt that bit of my voice, which is what I'm doing in that still waiting song yeah, yeah i yeah. just found this new part of my voice i didn't even know existed uh and it's you know it's like 80 percent there mm. <laughs> when i try and do it live yeah. but i feel like that's the fun of it but it's so it's it, you've got a really interesting tone it's so good but it's a really interesting tone to your voice as yeah. well and it's funny that you had mentioned jacob collier phil um because it's yeah. it's a little bit similar to how he uses his voice as well and how how he can go from such depth to such um yeah full set i think he, so. does, he does belt out high notes as well oh yeah well, he's also got a really delicate falsetto yeah. and he kind of can and he can switch between them like some of the stuff he pulls off and he must just i mean i was actually listening to thinking if you when you're that musical and which i think you maybe share that with with him you just must be thinking in music all the time he just he just must it, what joy it must be to be! I wonder if he gets depressed and thinks, "What else can I do?" I mean, where's he going to go? What <laughs> yeah. else can he do if you're already doing that kind of stuff? He's know? so interesting. Yeah, he's like, I I went to see his gig uh, in London, and uh, he's so technical. The first ten minutes were like the most amazing experience, constant experience ever, because he's got this incredible band as well. He's running around through all, all of his instruments, um, and he's got he seems really like self reflective on his performance all the way through it. So he's like, it's almost like he's listening to himself from the outside. So he's like making these perfect adjustments for tone in his voice and this kind of thing. Uh, And I loved the first half an hour. And then uh, it got to the point where he was doing um, that. He's written that really beautiful song. um, The, uh, the sun is in your eyes. He does that. You know, that was like really amazing. And I love the version of his album. And I just thought in this, in this gig he just was being so technical with it and every single sustain thing that he would sustain on the studio recording he was adding all these like you know stuff on this guitar and he was adding these vocal trills and i was like he can't just sit with a song he has to be a virtuoso all the time and that was my only frustration i was like he's so amazing yeah that he's almost too amazing sometimes yeah. to the point where you can't connect with him singing. And you say that, and then I'm on the other side of it going, yeah. when he does this, I, I am, I'm 
too excited <laughs> and all I want to do is just clap yeah. I want to clap more yeah uh, it's a weird, yeah, yeah, it's a weird yeah. thing but it's like it's like I mean it's not it is jazz in the sense that uh, he's playing it he's uh improvising within the within the tracks that we've heard recorded yeah but the recordings are probably just that moment in time he recorded them and them and he's gone yeah i think that's the one yeah imagine how many versions there are of all those tracks at all time yeah um my brother and i send each other's tracks back and forth and it is a bit i can understand other people i've played it for other people that go uh, it's too much the same way i think sometimes jazz is too much for people mm. you go i can't listen to that it's mm. too much because they just want to hear a quite simple pop song. They might <laughs> rather listen to Christine Aguilera, yeah, you know, yeah. who's also a great singer, but she just doesn't, she's not anywhere near what he can do. Yeah. She's just singing yeah. a, a very pop version, which, which sounds horrible for me to say. Like <laughs> she's one of the great, one of those yeah. great performers. Well, there's like, such an art to that as well. I think being simple and yeah, which I think Jacob Collar also understands. Yeah. That's the thing that annoyed me about it. I think is that he knows that you have to be simple yeah. to get something across and he refused to do it in that gig because he's such right? a show off yeah <laughs> well that but he, show off he, i love that because that, that i remember getting heckled once at a gig and i just it was doing this i was standing on a table i think i had my trousers down around my 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 butt my butt cheeks hanging out and i go like this with my guitar and, then, and i stopped and someone just went show off and i thought yeah, yeah. No, i mean no. yeah i mean is it, you're you're paid to come in would you rather and i kind of laughed and went what you'd rather have someone not showing off um this guy's just an attention whole... seeker <laughs> yeah, exactly. i pay for someone to sit here in silence <laughs> exactly, right? so then i got back on the stage and started singing um uh i uh oh what's the the monkey song um I'm a, I'm a believer i'm a believer yeah <laughs> is that what you want and then i got to the end of the song brendan burns was there got this song and they all applaud because they got the joke and they applauded and then i started playing the song again i did it all the way through a second time <laughs> and they're like okay that's enough now i was like no no you don't want me to show off this is what you're getting for the rest of the show i'm a believer over and over, and over. <laughs> i love that you had your butt out and they were like show off it obviously means they were impressed by your butt they, that's they, the one yeah, yeah they, they were like he's well, just showing it off that. yeah i've got curtains around them now <laughs> I put a little thing and the curtains open my, my butt comes out so uh, but so you're, you're, you said you were cl- classically trained in saxophone so that was before you went to Cambridge yeah yeah and so what what is that how far back like when what do you, what do what kind of music did your parents uh did, you know what 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 did you do in your family life were you brought up musically are your parents musical yeah they uh they loved musicals yeah a lot so yep. i listened to a lot of musicals um and uh they loved the beatles uh this kind of thing we had a lot of beatles in the car and this kind of thing right. so i think that was also a big influence for me is like um i love the way that lennon and mccartney can be incredibly sincere and then switch to the dumbest thing you've ever heard with equal commitment absolutely it's so good we, I, we've said yeah. this in in the podcast before yeah. is that almost all of well most of my favorite musicians and you can think about like frank zappa is is also does that he's a virtuoso um, guitar player but can also just be the dumbest idiot yeah. in the yeah. world yeah. and the beatles do it yeah um and this uh john prine who's a great song singer songwriter yeah. has written some of those fun, the funniest songs let's talk let's talk dirty in hawaiian if you're let's talk, talk dirty, dirty in hawaiian, hawaiian. <laughs> you gotta listen to it yeah. it's, it's just it's it's a classic uh it's just dumb it's just funny yeah. guys 
Talking dirty. It's, the, it's so fun. Yeah. And I <laughs> put your coconut is on the table. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my favorite song off Abbey Road when I was a kid was Octopus's Garden, which I think says a lot about my taste generally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, this really connected with me. I, I've, I've always, <laughs> thought, that, I've always thought that Ringo would have walked in. To, to the room and go, uh, guy. I can't do a Liverpool accent, but guys, I've I, I've got a song, and then oh, he's got a song, yeah. and then it's like it, it's about an octopus, and I could, I just imagine them all pissing themselves laughing yeah. th- as he played it the whole way through because he's got he, he didn't write that many. He's got that one. He's got don't pass me by. He wrote as well, which don't he did write that didn't he? Don't pass me by. Don't make me cry. Don't make me blue. Was octopus's garden a metaphor? Oh no, we shouldn't do Google stuff. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> so it, it wasn't a metaphor. It was Okay, well, that we, no, now we just, know. You just, no, I'm just telling you the one. Um, so <laughs> now uh, you've just just come back from Edinburgh, yeah. Um, and you had a storming run. How do you? How have you gone from uh, from being in the studio to? I know that you went up with your with your group from Cambridge as well. How have you gone from that to then going? Yes, I'm going to do a character for my hour long show at Edinburgh. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit difficult because I'd done all these songs and online and i loved doing that and i had a idea of what this character basically was is he's kind of like smooth 70s guy um but the character in the songs is is kind of different every time because i'm like you know telling a different story every time so the character has a lot of voices kind of like what you're saying a lot of different tones to his voice so i hadn't really pinned down the character at all uh and uh uh a guy called adam adam flynn emailed me uh last summer uh, and he was like, hey, I really like your music. I'm a um, theatre director, producer. He'd done, he's done um, lots of musical theatre stuff, uh, stuff on the West End. And uh, he just said, I like your music. Would you consider writing it up into a show? And I was like, this is the kick up the arse that I needed because yeah, <laughs> I needed someone to just basically uh, answer to a little bit and have send script drafts and stuff. And he's been so great. Um, so we worked up this show together and he um directed it and brought all of this amazing lighting design and and uh directed the movement and and hunter gave us loads of video stuff as well we we all um went away and had a week together building the show um and i'd written a script for it and then yeah it's like uh helped me so much to lay down the foundation of this character and who he was and um what he likes it's nice to have is, that to also to be approached because you got especially by someone who's got the skills the chops yeah. to do it for you because uh, it it's it's sort of a, a, a stamp as of, of approval that makes you feel like oh i am doing i'm going in the right direction with this yeah definitely yeah. and i so. just couldn't i'd done these edinburgh shows a couple by myself trying to do all the tech yeah you know it was it was just me um going on setting up projector making sure the sounds are right you you know there's either no one helping in the venue because it's a free fringe venue or it's you know i did um uh, a show in a kind of uh semi-ticketed half free fringe pay what you want kind of thing so mm-hmm. you know the sound is the the speakers are breaking every show my projector is awful because <laughs> i've spent 20 pounds on it because i was trying to say you know all this stuff was like it was so nice to have just a, t- a little bit of a team around me yeah. um to to help and just to yeah take the edge off that a little bit as well it just makes such, su- such a difference in edinburgh having a team around you i've gone yeah. up there on my own and done 
keys for lots and lots yeah. of things but then also going up there as part of a show mm-hmm. and with with a full team around you does it's so much better you know having a director who can sit through your show a few times and go oh by the way this this and this yeah. and this is so much so much better than doing your hour for a few weeks and not not getting your feedback that you want other than from the punters definitely so yeah is there another one? Is there another uh, show ready? Like, are you are you guys talking about doing? Yeah, we do. So we're doing this show um, at Soho Theatre in um, December. Fabulous. Yeah, in um, the downstairs, or in the, the main room. Amazing, which Great. is awesome. Yeah. So uh, please come to it. Yeah, We've yeah. got to sell a lot of tickets. <laughs> um, what are the dates of it? Uh, the dates are the 9th to the twentieth, with some days off in between. So oh, it's okay. yeah, it's on the Soho Theatre website. Right. Um, uh yeah so we're doing that and then yeah i'm trying to work out what it is i do next live I'm, i i really want to uh do something with a band yeah it's be so fun and it's something i've always wanted to do yeah um and i'm kind of concocting this gig that goes wrong kind of idea with jazzy where you know it's like right. him performing his gig but it's gradually falling apart right uh right. with some other with the band kind of playing characters a little bit and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the dream with it but um yeah it's a lot of of work yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's very early stages at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. but it's good it's nice to have that uh, uh something to, like that to aim for you know yeah it's like to have that yeah to have a yeah, goal yeah. in mind definitely yeah. yeah, and it might be an Edinburgh thing, or I'm I'm not sure at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Scotts or Ronnie Scotts. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's it would on Ewe. Something like that. We'd, like, <laughs> we're all playing Ewe. Yeah, all playing. It's yeah, a, it's like Ewe. Could, could you do a Spinal Tap, Jazz Emu kind of thing with yeah. your band? And then, yeah, yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. Oh my Live. god, I'd be doing yeah. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's this mad, mad story, and it's kind of disheart. It's a, it's a heartbreaking story. Um, that I read in a in a um, Australian newspaper when I was many many years ago, a little tiny article about a guy <clears throat> who had um, been practicing his he, he was at the um, conservatoire in Sydney, and some guys broke into his house <clears throat> and mistook him for someone else, and for someone in a different apartment, uh, and he was a he was a, a classical. Um, saxophonist and they cut his fingers off wow and they and they had he was listening he was playing along to some track and they, the, the, he tells the story they turned the music up so no one could hear him fucking and he was begging them going I'm the wrong person so I read this article and I found I found that heart, absolutely heartbreaking um, and it was a little tiny thing it wasn't big it wasn't something it wasn't big news or anything and then about 10 years later I was taking a flight I think to I think it might have been Ibiza short short haul flight uh, in an EasyJet had an EasyJet magazine and there was a whole article about a guy who invented the guy that invented the e, the guy that invented that thing mm. had read had heard the story about this guy because obviously in the music world that would have been a more and he sort of went to the guy and went, look, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to, I want you to be able to play the saxophone Amazing. again. Like a and, prosthetic. And, uh, like a prosthetic, sax. like a prosthetic uh, thing. So the thing, so the guy, because he was obviously starting to work with prosthetic fingers because things have moved on quite drastically. Mm. They're not just, you know, just have like, he's able, he's able to move, you know, uh, it's still horrible. Uh, but then he was given this handmade saxophone by that guy that invented the thing that he was able to put his attach his fingers to and now plays saxophone again yeah. and i just thought and i just thought that 
that's a film. I'm, I'm sure someone has the rights to the film. I think a book's been written about it. That 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 I, it still brings tears to my eyes now. I just I, the idea of that, the idea of that. So <clears throat> people can make fun of your iwi yeah, as much as they want. But it's also a life changing instrument. It's also a life changing yeah. instrument. It's, you're yeah, playing that's a life. I didn't you're know that. Life changing instrument. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I could remember the, the the guy's name. But if you if you look it up, if you Google it, you'll find this story. And it's one of those stories. It's like that's heartbreaking. Mm. And then and then ten years. I'm I was on a plane bawling my eyes. I go, like, oh my god, like, <laughs> and I couldn't explain to anyone. I read about this like every, like no one ever like. All right, Phil, calm down. I was like, no, this is this is amazing. This is an amazing story. Anyway, I don't know. Why so I'm it's, it's using the nerve endings in his fingers. Is that what it's doing, or yeah. is he still got some? Well, he's. I guess he's, I guess he's. He, he. I guess he had uh, had some. I'm not sure if it was all of his fingers. Yeah. He had prosthetics. Uh, he yeah, learned yeah. to use prosthetics, but obviously he's never going to play the saxophone again with that limited thing yeah. and this guy went no and went and got found the guy and said no we're going to work on it together mm. and then between the two of them they've now got a line of instruments for people that uh, from, from musicians, mm. musicians that, that lose limbs and stuff so they can play musical instruments again yeah. and it's incredible like, yeah it is it is incredible because I, mm. I, I mean i saw someone that had um lost his arm up to the elbow yeah and obviously you, you can get these prosthetics arms that are connected to the nerves yes that's so it. you can control your fingers that's it that's exactly yeah. yeah that's what i it saw is. some guy that had um connect re, at home he'd done it himself this this amputee had connected connected it to a modular synth yeah. so he was controlling with his mind yeah. the electrical wow. inputs that he was sending into this synth love it amazing crazy yeah that and is, so he he could change and be like, now I'm gonna think, you know, to change this pattern, and he just you know wow. little flick of his eye and it's yeah, yeah, changed yeah. the pattern. He can do it through Wicked. his arm. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like human instrument. Isn't that the world is, amazing? It's mad. That's, the, that's the future, isn't it? Yeah. We're just gonna be like little brains floating around on drones having things done for us <laughs> using our mind power alone well <laughs> that brings okay, us so to after your hour-long show and now your jazz emu has come from uh from making a track in your room to then working with and collaborating with other people to making your hour-long show what is jazz emu now is is it different to where it first started? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's definitely a clearer version. It's actually the version I originally had in my head of this kind of. I loved playing this kind of tragically smooth seventies Lothario character who, you know, he he thinks the world of himself. He's actually, you know, kind of a vain idiot. Um, I find it really fun to play that, and I kept I kept kind of avoiding doing that because I was scared of locking in a character that was wrong. Or that, you know, you kind of getting stuck with this character, this persona that I didn't that didn't feel right. Uh, and every time I try to do something different, it always came back to this thing. Um, and it ended up being a, a really fun framework for it. You know, he's this kind of um, smooth idiot. He's kind of stuck in time a little bit. Um, and he has this really intensely um, disappointed father figure. Um, who uh, is kind of overbearing and is always in the show is always calling in on on uh, FaceTime and and uh, you know laying into him for disappointing him and this kind of thing and we did that all with uh, um, the this face filter app so Hunter managed to age me by fifty years and I did this horrible dad voice and we had his face looming over like Big Brother Amazing. over the show and so it helped really helped me build a bit of a story into it as well you know add some stakes to the show and. Uh, I'm loving doing that. I think we'll keep going with that. Um, I'm loving him, be Jazzy Mew, being this, um, you know, slightly pathetic 
browbeaten um, uh, 70s Lothario who kind of uh, seems like he thinks the world of himself but is actually uh, incredibly insecure and quite it's you know it's all like bubbling under the surface but yeah there's so much to this character and there's so there's so many places it can go i hope so yeah yeah Yeah, definitely very (laughs) excited and it's it's nice to see that from the beginning of this conversation like through your background through um coming through the footlights and all of the work that you put in the writing has uh set you up in a really good place to do all these things like yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. like it is multi-dimensional this character it's not just you know like lots of people just do like a character plays keyboards and but this this can this has got so many dimensions to it now it's, yeah it's i love exciting. i love the idea of building a, a world and a story around it and mm. then you know the the songs kind of take on a new context when i do yeah. that as well for me it's fun it's a fun game for me to play yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah puzzles puzzles, yeah. puzzles. puzzles. we yeah. love them yes. yeah yeah Cool. So that brings us to a moment where we, uh, we, as per usual, as per usual, as per normal, as per as per snips, we we, uh, we can have another go at that one. Yeah, we ask we <laughs> no, ask no. our we ask our our guest to uh, perform a little number for us. So, what do you have in mind? I'm going to perform an acoustic cover of one of my YouTube shorts Ooh. that I've never performed acoustically before. And, wh- and and the title is and it's called receiving a call when you're already. On a call. I'm receiving a call, but I'm already on a call. Why do they give me so many damn options? Seventy different ways of getting it wrong. It's all like hold and reject, end and accept. What the heck? These selections are so specific. Hold them beset, die with regrets. How the heck am I meant to dissect their meaning? Send them a threat to curse them with a hex. Hang on a sec, why the heck would I need that option? Because of the hex, they lay an egg. What the heck? That's not an option, it's just a statement. And when you get close to the egg, it grows legs and it says, Oh, I love you, daddy. You have to fetch it human flesh. That's what it eats, it feasts on the human body. After a week of eating the meat, it says, I'm complete. And the egg starts hatching. Inside the shell, you hit rebel. What the hell? It's the sound of your iPhone ringing. How would you like to answer it? That's that's Jazz Emu, Archie Henderson. It's actually Archie Henderson. That's yeah. that's who we've been interviewing, yeah. but he is uh, and will AKA. always will be, aka yeah. the Jazz Emu. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having Thank me. Thank you so really much. Fun. Cheers. Yeah. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're gonna have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows? It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye. Goodbye! Well, no, well done, Jazz Emu. Such a talented musician. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a big star. I I can't imagine that not going far. Of all the acts we've been talking about, all the electronica we've been discussing this week, um, he's certainly riding a wave. Um, so expect big things from the Jazz Emu. 
If you'd like to see more or hear more from The Jazz Emu, then find him at The Jazz Emu on Instagram. Or you can check him out on YouTube just by searching Jazz Emu. Also, go and check him out at the Soho Theatre from Friday, December the 9th to the 20th. It will be an awesome show. If you'd like to support our podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash songs at Key of Lab and check out all the fun stuff you can get on Patreon. Or buy us a coffee at coffee.com forward slash songs in the Key of Lab. We'll see you next week. Bye.